Hello, I'm James Chow, and you're listening to the China Current. Each week, I bring you up close with fascinating people and stories shaping China and the world. Today, we're going to meet Ming Liu. Many of you will be familiar with her byline as a frequent contributor to the New York Times and the Financial Times. She writes about watches and jewelry, but more deeply, she has real insight into culture, trends, and the way we interact with one another. Her unique value is her background. She was born in New York. She grew up also in Hong Kong, Tokyo, Taipei, and Beijing, and she now lives in London. So she truly is what I think of as a multicultural person who writes with a globalized mindset. Ming played on that knowledge for her debut novel, Our Man in China, a humorous, engaging, and substantive narrative of what it means to be Chinese in a changing world. Before we meet Ming, a quick note on what we're going to talk about. As I said, she lives in London, and it is in London where Din Tai Fung, the restaurant best known for its handmade dumplings, has just opened up. Many people now buy frozen dumplings. It's easy, though not necessarily great to taste. So in our disposable culture, I find it really interesting when old school ways of cooking are continued. The chefs at Din Tai Fung are wizards, as you're about to find out. And of course, dumplings are not exclusive to Chinese cuisine, but they are really special. And it also coincides with bao, which means dumpling in Chinese. Bao won the Oscar last month for best animated short film. So whether you love film, whether you love food, or whether you just love dumplings like Ming, this is a podcast for you. Ming Liu, it's great speaking with you. You're born in New York City, and in your teenage years, you lived in Taipei, and you also lived in Beijing. But let's talk about Taipei. What was that like? Yeah, I think you know it was my teenage years, and、um, sometimes fraught, sometimes I think going through hormonal changes, but really fun. I think mostly because Taipei is just such a warm, friendly culture, and it's. Um, a beautiful place and very family oriented. And also, I had a lot of family in Taipei. I think it's the only city I've ever lived in where I had so much family around. So most of my dad's family still lives、uh, still lives there, but mostly my it was my grandparents.、So、my grandparents lived there, so we saw them quite regularly. And now being older, you. Kind of really appreciate that because you don't see families so often, and it was—it really was a regular thing seeing them. For those who don't know what it is, what is Din Tai Fung? Din Tai Fung is basically probably the most famous Xiaolongbao restaurant in the world. Well, now, but at the time, it was just a mom and pop dumpling. Restaurant in Taipei and、um, Xiaolongbao. For those who don't know, it's the steamed pork buns、um, that come in these bamboo baskets. And if you go with a large family, a group of people like a large family, like I did, they arrive on your table, stacked up these layers of baskets, and you just sort of work your way down. But the dumpling is—it's world famous, and it's.、Um, It's like a soupy dumpling. It's pork and dough and vegetables.、Um, there are now different kinds. There are ones with crab meat. There are、um, various variations, but mine is my favorite. Is the classic pork pork dumpling.、Um, it's just very simple and very good. You mentioned there the 
bamboo baskets, and that brings a smile to my face because they had these open kitchens at Din Tai Fung. In fact, I think they have open、yeah. kitchens in every one of their restaurants now, where you can see in and you can see these men and women with their hats and their faces covered and their laboratory-style coats. They're almost like scientists,、um, but what they do. Is pretty scientific. They have this meticulous approach that you wrote about. Tell us a bit more about that aspect. I began to realize that it's this this delicious, perfect dumpling is actually a real science to it now. And the and this Taiwanese family who came up with the Ding Tai Fung Xiaolongbao, they've perfected it. And、um, most famously, if you'll read about it, it has eighteen folds, handmade folds. So each one is perfect. Each one is Consistent.、Um, the people who work on the dumplings,、um, they train on the job for six months, and the dumplings go through from beginning to end. They go through forty different stations, all these stations to make the perfect dumpling, and that's each one. And it, it is. It's like a.、Um, it's like a laboratory. It's like surg. It's like a surgery room,、um, an operating room,、um, and. When you go to the restaurant, even the very first one, it was always behind a glass open kitchen. And back then, in the '90s, you know, this idea of a theater, an open theater kitchen, was probably pretty uncommon. But、um, that's what you had, and you see all these people working on the dumplings, and there's steam billowing from these baskets. And but you can see them making everything. And now,、uh, 20 years later. Ding Tai Fung has over 150 restaurants, and every one, I'm pretty sure, has this open theater restaurant. And they work behind this glass, and they're all dressed in white. It's quite surgical, like you said, and they have visors. But、um, that's, I guess, how you get the perfect dumpling. What's fascinating, and what's such a privilege、uh, for me? You were a participant in its story from some of its. Earlier days, you went to, as you said, with your grandparents, your parents, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, to what was the very first Din Tai Fung. And today, as you said, a hundred and fifty restaurants globally. And you just、yeah. went to the newest of those, which is over in London. Would you have thought then, as a teenager, that in your new home in London, as an American, you'll be back at Din Tai Fung in a new incarnation? No, I mean, and I'm absolutely thrilled that that there's a Ding Tai Fung on my doorstep. It's going to change my life in London. I know that sounds very dramatic, but it will because it's a taste of home. It's a taste of my childhood. I think lots of people do weirdly have childhood memories linked to food or linked to a smell or a memory in their kitchen with their grandmother or their mother. And I think for me, it's probably. Ding Tai Sundays and at Ding Tai Fung with all my extended family.、Um, so yeah, I'm so happy that Ding Tai Fung is here.、Um, I didn't realize how much I missed it until I left Taipei because, like I said, I go every Sunday, and it became a regular ritual. But when you left, you really miss that food, and so、um, I used to try and. Go back every time I could, and when other ones opened in Beijing or LA, I'd, I'd be there. And now I don't have to travel that far; it's right on my doorstep. About ten, fifteen minutes on the underground, and you're there. Yeah, but like every Ding Tai Fung around the world, probably、um, there is a wait. I've been told it's. I've been told it was five hours, but the restaurant's now been open for two months, so it's more like two hours. But 
there is a wait. So there people are queuing two hours to eat these yeah. pork dumplings. Yeah, I think Ding Tai Fung, even when I was a teenager, you couldn't make a reservation. It's not that kind of place. It's everyone lines up, everyone waits their turn. I want to link this now to the culture of food because there is no place in the world. I can pretty much say every place I've been, whether it be Bamako in Mali or whether you're in London at Chinatown, there's always a Chinese restaurant wherever you go. What do you think is the pull of the Chinese restaurant for people everywhere, even if they speak the language or not, whether they know the food or not? Um... I just think Chinese food is so good. Obviously, I'm biased, but it is. It's so good, but it's also so diverse. There's so many cuisines. There's so many tastes, spicy, sweet, savory. I mean, um, and the range of food. So I think people love eating it because there's always something for everyone. Um, and there's so many different cuisines as well. I mean, so many that I don't know. I know the sort of main ones, Sichuan, Shanghainese, um, Taiwanese, but... Um, Cantonese. Cantonese, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think no one's going to fight for what to eat, I suppose. There'll be something for everyone at the table. But it's also just very good, and the flavors are so rich and so varied. Can we bring everyone now to the table you just mentioned? Because I think if there's more than four people, a Chinese dining table, no matter how small your room, at home or in a restaurant, will very likely be round. And mm. in the middle, there'll be another circle, which is, of course, the Lazy Susan that you can spin around. You've got your shared plates. You've got your family-style food, which is designed to be uh, consumed together. Um, shared plates is now having a revival in non-Chinese cuisine. It's seen as something trendy and mm. fashionable, but the Chinese have have always had shared plates, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that whole act of turning the lazy Susan and looking around the table to make sure that someone's chopsticks aren't stuck in them plate or a bowl before you turn it and spin it away, it really makes you conscious as a as a diner or as a member of the table, uh, as a participant in the table, at the table, that um, you have to be conscious of other people around you when you're eating. I know that sounds a bit odd because we, in, when you don't have a shared concept, plate, a shared, shared plate concept. But yeah, I think that's um, one of the unique and lovely things about my memories, at least um, eating around a table with family is just turning that lazy Susan and looking around the table first to see that it's okay to turn. Is everyone, is, am I going to offend anyone or? We've yeah. shared many a meal, I'm happy to say. If you were to design a meal tonight with all your favorite Chinese food on one table, what would you pick? Oh gosh, that's really hard, James. I mean, obviously rice, obviously noodles. I mean, there's the, the staple carbohydrates you just have to have. Um, Xiaolongbao, because we're talking about it right now, and I'm already sort of thinking about it. So as if I could make Xiaolongbao, but yeah, Xiaolongbao, um, pork belly. I do love pork belly. Let's return to Din Tai Fong. It began life in 19... 19- 58, not as a dumpling restaurant, but 
it began life as a family business that sold cooking oil. And then you write in your piece that years later, when tinned cooking oil came into fashion, the family were able to reinvent itself by opening up a restaurant. And that's given it a second life, but also made it world famous. Um, the, the concept of family businesses and cooking for families, do you think one fed into the other, so to speak? Yeah, I think when I was reading a little bit more about Ding Taifong's family um, history, and that really was realized how rooted it was in, in family. Um, it started off as a mom and pop shop, like you said, uh, husband and wife, and they had this cooking oil business. And then the world, um, the the world changed, where tin cooking oil became popular, and they had to adapt. So they had this store, and they then changed part of it into a shalombal restaurant. They sort of still did their cooking oil, but then realized they needed to change or do something else. And then, like all great stories, word of mouth spread, and um, all the way to the, the New York Times who wrote it was one of the best restaurants in the world, top 10 restaurant in the world. And then a few years later, it was the son of the founder, who I'm sure I can just imagine him as a teenager helping his dad out and his mom in the restaurant, decided that, you know, we really should go global with this and bring this somewhere else. And um, Japan was actually the first place that they brought Ting Taifong, um, which was a start. And like I said, now it's over 150 restaurants, but it is, it's still a family restaurant. Mom and dad started it. And then his son um, has now brought it to the next level. What do you think restaurants like Ting Taifong can do for China, the Chinese culture more like uh, globally, because this is a difficult time um, in terms of getting its message across. A lot of people don't understand China. First of all, there's the language, the culture can be in some ways uh, very different, but it's culture in other ways, that of uh, sharing, that of family. It's not exclusive to the Chinese, of course. Um, what can Din Tai Fong and other restaurants, there was Mr. Chow all the way back in the 70s, and the many, many more in between that have come to populate cities and towns, and in a way, come to be pillars of those communities. Do you think that they are just great places to eat where people love to drop in and enjoy and go out? Or do you think they convey some of the Chinese cultural message at the same time? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's a great place to eat because that's the palate. But one of the things that struck me that was really interesting is that um, the Ding Taifong here in London, because it's so new and I wanted to find out who's 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 going it's people like me who just grew up and know it so well and it's going to be full of chinese people and i learned that it's actually a mix i mean of course there are chinese people but there are lots of westerners non-chinese people and um i was speaking to the managing d director who told me that um a lot of people are um they had traveled to asia they had traveled to thailand and singapore and taiwan and Hong Kong and they had had Ting Taifong there and they liked and it was such and obviously it was a memorable meal and like I said just hands down a very simple good food that 
they're probably like me, super thrilled that it's on now in London. But it did make me think that um, first and foremost, yeah, the food is really good, but it's also a memory of their time when they were there, when they were in China or Singapore or Thailand, and they had this food probably introduced to them from somebody local, and they will remember that time in the restaurant, but also the context. So where they were, um, why they were in Thailand, was it on holiday? Were they an expat in Hong Kong, for example? Um, so it is it is a cultural thing, and it does give them a deeper understanding of the country, of, of Chinese culture, absolutely. If you were to close your eyes, even for a second, how would you describe the texture and the taste of a quintessential great steamed pork dumpling? I think the xiaolongba, you have to, at least this is how I, I was told by my father and grandfather, the way to eat it is you have to eat it with a spoon, actually, because there is this soupy, um, once the xiaolongba is steamed, um, as it's being cooked, the pork releases these juices, these sort of oily juices, which can be quite hot, but, but you don't want to lose any of that soup as you bite into it and it sort of bursts. So you eat the xiaolongba with the spoon and um, you kind of get it all into your mouth and don't, don't waste a single bite. But that's, I think that's what I, if I close my eyes and think um, that burst of flavor, that savory, oily, hot flavor, that, that, um, that first bite, and then it's all in the spoon so you don't waste any of it. I want to finish by asking you to open your heart and not just close your eyes and take us back to those years in the early 1990s when you were there with your extended family. What do you think is the favorite memory of your family that you'd like to share with us around those tables? Yeah, I think just the fact that we were all there with, like I said, with my uncles and cousins and my grandparents who um, not not and and of that family not everyone is around anymore um and how we would meet on sunday and i wrote about this in my piece but the original restaurant was this tiny narrow super narrow building with four or five floors but it was really narrow and you go up these and there were each floor was connected by this even more narrow staircase and you'd always have to help my grandparents up the stairs and it was a quite a slow process but um i think i will remember that the most i don't know why i think it's just a dark just a really dark treacherous staircase but we all everyone sort of pitched in and made sure that everyone got safely up and down before and after a great meal that's what ding taifong is it's multiple generations around the table it is a family restaurant and the managing director in london told me that on the weekends he he has to sort of partition off a bit of the front of the restaurant on Saturdays because it's full of strollers and prams. He, it's full of families and that's what it is. It's, um, it's not a you know, funky, cool, hip, contemporary place that's a fad. It's a place that you'll probably go with your grandparents like me and I would take my kids and hopefully my kids will take their kids. And let's hope Ding Tai Fung is still there. I'm sure it will be. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Ming Liu, thank you. Thank you so much, James.